Welcome to another episode of Dropping Bombs, a Nintendo Switch podcast hosted by DJ Wes Snipes. On this episode, I will discuss how the Switch has broadened my gaming palette and, as a direct result, has me beating games like never before. Then it's game review time. All that and more coming up next on Dropping Bombs, a Nintendo Switch podcast. Hello and thank you for listening. It's another episode of Dropping Bombs, a Nintendo Switch podcast. I'm your host, DJ Wes Snipes. Special shout out to those of you listening that tweet using hashtag SwitchCore. And also to MDB and JoeyBlaze88 from the NS Collector's Discord for the kind words regarding my first few episodes. If you want to chat with me after the show, please tweet at DJ Wes Snipes. I am also on the aforementioned NS Collector's Discord server under the name DJ Wes Snipes. For the first part of this podcast, I want to talk about how the Switch has broadened my interests in the genres of games to play, and as a direct result, has me beating games I never thought I would enjoy with relative frequency. Thinking back to my NES days, I really only played a few styles of games. I played Mario platformers like Super Mario 1 and Super Mario 3. I skipped two, but I can't recall why. Uh, sports games like Blades of Steel, Bases Loaded 2, WrestleMania, Ski or Die, and arcade-style games like Cabal and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Double Dragon. So through the years, with the exception of Mortal Kombat 2 and 3, which I was a huge fan of, through SNES, Nintendo 64, Sega Dreamcast, GameCube, Wii, PlayStation 3, uh, I kind of stuck to my roots. And the older that I got, the less I got into gaming with strategy, and I started to become a casual gamer. Down what I consider to be a dark path of playing gimmicky game show style games, um, Buzz Quiz TV, Karaoke Revolution, American Idol, uh, Wii Sports, which if you could believe this, uh, Wii Sports has sold over 86 million copies and is on the list of the highest selling games ever. Uh, tops of that list is Tetris with 174 million copies sold. Minecraft is number two with 156 million copies sold and counting. So uh, you have to believe Minecraft will it'll surpass Tetris in the near future. But I digress. Two game genres I had always been my go-to. Platformers, uh, really anything with Mario and Donkey Kong, and racing games, specifically Mario Kart. Even saying that... I have to go back to my earlier comment. It was casual. 
outside of Super Mario Galaxy, which was the first game my then-girlfriend and I had played religiously every night after school and work respectively, I was pretty out of the loop when it came to gaming and all of the different genres that existed, until my oldest son was coming of age, which so happened to coincide with the release of the Nintendo Switch. The Switch was the conduit for me, the connection between my gaming past and my gaming future. The reason for me to explore other genres other than Nintendo platformers and and Mario Kart. Quite frankly, it wasn't because I purposefully sought out these new genres, especially in the first year of the Switch. There just weren't many games released. There were 10 launch titles, five of which were physical releases on March 3rd, 2017. Uh, a launch window, which Nintendo considered to be March-April of 2017, saw 27 games total. Another 8 in May, 6 in June, 16 in July, 20 in August, and then the floodgates opened that September 2017. But keep in mind, a lot of those numbers that I just mentioned, those reflect both physical and digital. And I was doing everything I could to stay physical only. So at one point, believe it or not, I owned all but two physical releases between March and the end of July 2017. The only two missing were Overcooked and Fate Extella, the Umbral Star. And I was actually supposed to get Fate Extella, but Fry's never shipped my order. I think it actually is still pending, which is odd. So, so given those low release numbers, it forced me to investigate and really consider trying new things. I would read first-hand reviews from folks posting to the Nintendo Switch subreddit, and I give credit to those random strangers for helping open my eyes that there were were so much more to gaming than I had been exposed to to that point. It's so funny, too, because never in a million years would I have thought to try some of these new genres, well, new to me genres, like Metroidvanias, uh, Guacamelee, Hollow Knight, Axiom Verge, RPGs like It'll Do 2 and Octopath Traveler. Look, I'll talk at length about Octopath once I beat it. I'm about 50 hours in right now. I'm past everybody's chapter twos and and, and some chapter threes. But I, I had never played an RPG before, ever. Yeah, if I didn't give the impression a little earlier that I lived a sheltered gaming childhood, I think you guys now know for certain. So survival horror games like Little Nightmares, which I reviewed in episode three of this podcast series. Visual novels like Oxenfree. Strategy games like Pixel Junk Monsters 2, uh, Arena of Valor, Has Been Heroes, which weird story uh, about Has Been Heroes. I actually bought that game for $10.00 sold it for 17 and then somehow, for whatever reason, I bought another pre-owned copy for $4 when GameStop had it on sale. And I have yet to pick it back up. It's not a bad game. It's just, I don't know if it's necessarily my game. A hack and slash game, like Bayonetta 2. Uh, puzzle games, like Lumo. Uh, shoot 'em ups like Dimension Drive. And rhythm games, like Thumper and, yeah... Just Dance 2018. Yo, I play with my kids. 
uh, the kids have an absolute blast. And, you know, of course, when you're a dad, if I'm talking to any dads or even parents out there, you, you try to make your kids happy, right? And, and if they're having a great time, then you're having a great time. So all of those games complemented games from genres that I know and love, but from developers I had either never heard of or never played before. Uh, so I took a shot on them on this Switch platform. Uh, platformers like De Mambo, Rayman, The End is Nigh, Super Chariot, Wonder Boy, uh, sports games like FIFA and Disc Jam, NBA 2K Playgrounds 2, and Mutant Football League. And it's not just me whose gaming horizons have been broadened. I see it in some of my friends who are casual gamers as well. One of my friends, for example, lives in Los Angeles. He purchased the Switch maybe nine or ten months ago. He bought the Switch for Odyssey and Mario Kart, but then has also played games like Street Fighter, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, Jackbox Party, Bouncy Bob. Yeah, that game that actually costs one cent uh, most times on sale. I'm sure he instantly regretted it like most people have. And Fortnite. Uh, Fortnite's just a, a cultural phenomenon. It's, it's a juggernaut. So dare I say, the Switch has made me a better gamer. Obviously, I left out all of the, the major Nintendo first-party games during that discussion, but that was by design. Uh, while the flag carriers of Nintendo's IP sell consoles... It's the third-party and indie game developers, coupled with the convenience factor of docked versus handheld, that are keeping more and more people tied to the Switch as a platform of choice to play a game on, and thus try a new game on, try a new genre of game, like I have. All right, it's game review time. Poi Explorer Edition. I'll give you the backstory. The game was in early access in November of 2015, but finally released February of 2017 for the PC and June of 2017 for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. An Explorer edition with unlockable soundtrack, digital art book, new costumes, and of course Joy-Con motion control and HD rumble support was released October 24th, 2017. Three days before Super Mario Odyssey released. Yikes. But hey, as a quick aside, I, I did pre-order Poi at Best Buy. Rumors were that not many copies were released. Only one I could find anywhere was at a Best Buy about 30 minutes away. Uh, I, I did let that pre-order expire after five days because I was just busy doing Odyssey and couldn't get out to that Best Buy. And figured, I hope I'd be able to find it somewhere again soon. So, and, and that's true. After a few weeks of regret of not going and driving at 30 minutes to pick it up, I ended up purchasing the game again. The developer is Polykid, an indie game studio based in San Francisco. And in North America, Alliance Digital Media helped them publish to physical. The initial MSRP was $29.99. So what's this game all about? Poi is a 3D platformer where you can control one of two kids, a girl or a boy, that are on an adventure to become a master explorer, master explorers. The story goes the kids were orphans who dreamed of finding adventure in life. One day they ran away. I don't really know 
what that means. <laughs> I guess they ran away from home or ran away from the orphanage. I didn't really get into it. But in, in any way, they set forth on this journey. So you come to, in the first sequence, and, and this old guy is, is telling you that he needs help getting an explorer medallion. He, he and It's way up high. So you get the medallion, and then you go onto this guy's shift, and he begins to tell you about how he's traveled the world when he was much younger, getting these medallions, and that he's trying to find the Milky Way globe, some magical, mystical area, but ended up getting into a storm on his floating ship. He hit his head, then he lost all of his medallions. So the medallions scattered all over, you know, the... The, the world, I guess you could say. So the goal is for these kids who are hungry for adventure to help the old man find these 100 medallions that are scattered across various locations and, and where you basically your starting point or your, your, your portal point for the uh, entire game. It's called the Sky. There are other side quests and achievements that you can earn as well. So for the game, you use this floating pirate ship that's way up high in the air to go from island to island or another floating type object via turning this compass steering wheel that's in the middle of this ship and it points you in the direction so you can go to these various islands to try to complete these various tasks. And when you complete these tasks, you get a medallion. So each time you get a medallion, you pop back into the ship to either change course to another island or to go back to the same island to get another medallion. If this seems familiar, at least the, the basic premise of it, uh, from from place to place or going back into uh, you know uh, the same board, if you will, or level, if you will, over and over, knocking out tasks in a 3D world setting, well, that's because this game pays serious homage to games like Spyro in Super Mario 64. So if you want to consider it, Poi is, is like a 64, as a Super Mario 64 for today's generation, some 20 years later. So does this game stand toe-to-toe with a game like Super Mario 64? Well, there's my tease. Stick around for a few more minutes to find out. At first, I wanted to talk about the gameplay. During the initial sequence, like most platforming adventure games, you are walked through a tutorial of basic movements as you try to secure the first medallion. While I was slightly frustrated with the jumping mechanism in the 3D sense, I think it was mostly a depth perception thing, uh, you know, for the most part, the controls were right on. It was neat to be able to see somewhere that I wanted to go and then find a way to get there. And sometimes there was more than one way to get there. And honestly, it almost felt like at times I had found some secret way the devs didn't intend, but I'm sure they did. At least it made you feel that way, right? I found it fun having to go back to the islands that I'd already beat once to get another medallion. It helped me to explore the island further, to go to spots I may have missed on the initial one or two or three or four passes through, right, as I was going for other medallions. Plus, every once in a while, there was something different about the island, like maybe a time of day difference. The enemies you encountered, I mean, if you want to call them enemies, they were these cute little creatures. Uh, when you pounce on them, they were kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say squishy, but you kind of, I, I hope I can visualize what, uh, uh, that, what that means, but you could obtain a coin or a gem when you pounced on them, which the gem might be multiple coins. And the currency is important because after a while, 
the old man gives you access to explorer tools that help you navigate the levels. So tools like a, ter- a, a telescope, a compass, a shovel to unearth treasure in certain spots, a camera to take photos to bring back to the old man, a magnet to not have to run over a coin exactly every time. And the, the coins can kind of like just suck into you if you run near them. Extra hearts. And of course, a, a big wallet because the one you get out of the gate only lets you hold so much money. As far as the music is concerned, Poi features a fully orchestrated soundtrack that made me feel like I was walking around somewhere majestic, like Disney World, for example. The music definitely made this game feel humongous and vast. It did an incredible job at setting the tone for gameplay as feeling important and worthwhile to continue your adventure. I did finish the game. I am currently at 12 and a half hours. I found 88 of 100 medallions, 41 of 50 gears. I dug up almost every treasure and I found all the clue stones. People have certainly beat it or even 100%ed it quicker than me, but you'll come to find out as I continue to review games. I like to take my time and try to get everything I can on my first pass of a game prior to finishing the story. So did Poi live up to the hype? As a reminder, my game reviews are scored by me dropping bombs. One bomb means the game truly bombed, a.k.a. sucked. And five bombs mean the game was the bomb, a.k.a. totally awesome. For Poi Explorer Edition, I give this game four bombs. Most of the time, the task for the medallion was pretty straightforward, so this game definitely isn't for someone that loves to be challenged by a game. It definitely isn't as challenging as Super Mario 64. So having said that, this game is great for elementary school kids, young adults, but also older adults looking for a lighthearted game to pass the time. The graphics are vibrant, and as I said before, the soundtrack is fantastic, perfectly fit the story of the game. If you haven't already tried Poi, especially if you love a game like Super Mario 64, I highly recommend picking it up. That was my game review for Poi Explorer Edition, available now for the Nintendo Switch. Once again, if you want to chat with me after the show, please tweet at DJ West Snipes. And I am also on the NS Collector's Discord under the nickname DJ West Snipes. And that is all for this podcast. I very much appreciate you listening. Until next time, this is DJ West Snipes. I'll just be over here dropping bombs.